to the Drop Hunters podcast where we launch into all things NFL fantasy from down under. My name's Jasper Chelopa and I'm joined by Ben Filosi. And for the first time, Ben, we've got Todd Davey on in the place of Dan Koppel, who's left us after last week. Toddy, mate, your initials are TD, so it's kind of meant to be that you're on an NFL fantasy podcast, isn't it? It is. And call, just call me the SIPO starter because that's where I am. And I'm, we're here to <laughs> let you guys know that you, you don't have things your own way now. I'm, I'm here to run the show, so you better be ready for it. And you started off in our league absolutely dominant as well. You've taken a little bit of a backseat. You've had Saquon on the IR. Now you've got Derek Henry on the IR. So you're, you're trying to get a bit healthy before you make your playoff push. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen with Derek Henry. So he was pretty much my driving force. So I'm in a little bit of strife. But if Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, who I've both got uh, as my anchor pretty much, if they both come in and hit top form, as I'm expecting in the latter half of the season, I might be in with a show. Now, Ben, how did you go on the weekend? You may have lost to one of us. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you'd know about that, Jasper, considering uh, you knocked me off. And to make it a bit more embarrassing, you actually didn't have you had Calvin Ridley, he didn't even put up a score. So you probably should beat me with one less player. But um, yeah, so I guess congratulations on that. Yeah, that will serve me right for not getting up in time for red zone. For the first time all season, I had Calvin Ridley at my wide receiver one spot. He was a late scratching. Uh, let's get into the injury news as well, because we've got, we've got a lot coming out of week eight. Firstly, Derek Henry, we mentioned, but that foot injury, he might be out for the season after putting up incredible numbers Todd he's he's been an absolute mainstay um, for you in that RB1 spot and, and he's been the best player in fantasy so far and he was a gen- genuine MVP chance I know you had spoken about it on this show previously but uh, he's out now and it, it leaves a huge hole for Tennessee just not not so much fantasy implications but for the regular season I mean Tannehill now has to step up and prove he can do it without him but it's a tough ask but they've got Adrian Peterson who is Oh, no, he's well, well past his prime, but they, they traded for him and maybe he can step in and generate some big numbers for that Tennessee offense. 36-year-old AP. They've also got Jeremy McNichols, who um, has done a couple decent roles for, uh, for Tannehill out of that backfield, especially catching the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what their roles are like. The other ones, um, we mentioned Calvin Ridley. Um, he's going to be out uh, for the foreseeable future and, until he gives the all clear um, with mental health concerns. Um, we wish him all the best with that. Aaron Rodgers is on the COVID list now, Ben. What what is going on here? He's this is this has kind of come out of the blue. Um, yeah, well, he's not vaccinated, so he's gonna do <laughs> the 10-day quarantine. So we saw his teammates last week who missed out just because they had to do the 48 hours and they uh, weren't fit enough in time for Thursday night. But yeah, Rogers is in a bit of trouble here because um, yeah, not being vaccinated, he's gonna do the full 10-day um, quarantine before he can come back in. So it brings up a lot of questions for um, the Packers to sort of see how they go this week, especially coming up against Kansas. be very interesting to see how Jordan Love goes, that first-round pick from last year. Um, was, he's probably the reason that A-Rod's been looking to leave over the last couple of years. It, it signified that they you know, were looking uh, for the future. But... Uh, it's an interesting situation now for Aaron Rodgers because I think he he wasn't that honest about his vaccination status before the season started, but now everyone knows that he's not vaccinated because he does have to do that 10 days. His, his teammate, his go-to, one of them is, is Robert Tonyan. He's done his ACL last week, so he's going to be out as well. He's, he's a guy that you're going to have to look for another tight end. The tight end waiver wire is pretty thin right now. 
Um, and then also Henry Ruggs, just a, a horrible situation coming out of Las Vegas um, that, that kind of broke early morning for, for us in Australia a few days ago. It's just a horrendous um, thing to hear about. And uh, I, I don't know how much more you can say about it, Todd. You put it to us before the show about if we touched on it at all and Ben thought it was a good idea just to maybe make mention of it. Yeah, the, the less said the better, to be honest. Um, he's been cut by the Raiders and I'm assuming that the NFL, even if someone wanted to pick him up, that was silly enough to pick him up, that the NFL would step in and say that's not going to happen. So um, a really promising career down the drain and it just compounds a really disastrous season so far for the Raiders. Uh, not, not, a, not a great thing that's happened. Just yeah, off-field thing after off-field thing, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, you're going to feel for Derek Carr as well. He's lost his head coach, lost one of his sort of great receivers, and both of them are you know, for fair reasons. But you're going to feel for him because the Raiders early on the season looked really good. Um, but, yeah, I guess sort of see where they go from here now. Well, we've got some good news about the people coming back into lineups. I don't think Saquon will be quite back yet for you, Todd. It might be another week on the sidelines um, with that kind of COVID outbreak in the Giants camp that's going through right now. Um, but for you, Ben, Christian McCaffrey, he's, uh, he's been activated. Um, yeah, it's, I've been waiting for weeks for this. Um, for my team to finally sort of be all together. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him to go come back because we know he's just a scoring machine. So yeah, I just I can't really say say enough. I'm just I'm just keen to see him go get back out there and see what he can put up. Run CMC is always a must watch as well. So hopefully the Panthers can bounce back after a really fast start and they've just been horrendous the last few weeks. Uh, for me, I traded for Kittle um, halfway through his IR stint and he should be back. Hopefully that's a watch. And Devontae Adams, he won't have Aaron Rodgers. But uh, we know how good Devontae Adams is. So hopefully he's uh, back fit and firing with Jordan Love. Hopefully he can find the, find the ball in the end zone um, for, for his number one wide receiver. Let's get on to our calls from last week before we get on to our segments. Because, Ben, you probably had the call, um, almost, almost the call of the year, if it weren't for a big touchdown for Mike, for Mike Evans. Yeah, with Mike Evans, again, he sort of, it was looking all right for me with my prediction of him not having a big game. But in that third quarter, we saw him and Bradley connect for that 41-yard touchdown. And that pretty much saved his score again against Lattimore. So he had 50 yards, two receptions, and that touchdown. So, yeah, yet again, um, yeah, he was saved by the touchdown. But you know, it almost worked out for me, that call. And then I also had Robert Tonyan, who unfortunately went down injured just as he was sort of getting going and he had his biggest reception for the game, but in that same play also did his ACL, unfortunately. So yeah, the pack is they're, they're sort of dropping like flies at the moment. They're receivers. Yeah. One guy who looked pretty good last week. Um, he was my start. Randall Cobb. He was the kind of break glass in case of emergency guy for Aaron Rodgers. I thought he would be. And, and that held true in the red zone. He was the number one target. He got two touchdowns um, for his 15 points. Jarvis Landry, I thought should have, Probably had a bigger score. He had 10 targets, but he only ended up with 7.5 points, a couple of drops, a couple of just bad throws um, from Baker. And then uh, Devontae Booker, he's been fantastic in Saquon's absence. He had his 15 points against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football and zero touchdowns. So that score could have been much greater as well. Uh, my benches, James Connor, he got two touchdowns from five carries. Can you believe it? Uh, he was an absolute red zone threat, just stealing points off Chase Edmonds for his 14 points. Um, Antonio Gibson, not a start at all. Uh, the Washington football team have a bye right now, but um, he, he, he looks so bad right now. He, he only had the eight carries for 6.9 points. And then uh, Jalen Rager, only 2.6 points, and they were all off jet sweeps. 
So he he did not get one uh, reception as a wide receiver in that offense that, that put up 44 points on the Lions. Um, I, was, I was pretty surprised about that one. I, I predicted the Lions to get their first win. They lost 44 to 6 to the Eagles. And, and Joe Flacco also didn't play, which is a bit disappointing for me because I thought he was going to have a really good game. But in his absence, Mike White had a really good game, Todd. Did you, did you see that coming? Because uh, someone in the US saw that coming and put a grand on him uh, to be the, the most passing yards uh, for the week. No, I didn't see it coming. But what were you thinking, even mentioning Joe Flacco's name and, <laughs> and good play? I mean, come on. You deserve, you deserve a bit of a clip for that. But um, one of the most surprising things for me, because I obviously wasn't on the pod last week, so I didn't get to make a prediction. But um, I think you, you've mentioned before you've got Dak in your league. He, he looks sensational in the, in the warm-up before the game. I don't know why he didn't play, but they mentioned on the broadcast it's probably the, the long-term thing to make sure that his calf and ankle are fine. But... Were you pretty surprised to see he didn't line up on the on that Monday night game or Sunday yeah. night game? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone can see that Jerry Jones he has a huge man crush on Dak Prescott and he will do anything to keep that man safe. So I wasn't that surprised, although having said that, in the warm-ups, he looked completely fine. He, he, he doesn't move around too well anyway after that kind of foot injury. He's, you know, he, he almost has like a gait how he walks right now, but um, he looks completely normal, I think. So I was surprised about it. You talk about that gate with the um that weird hip thing he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to punt it away for Auburn. He can kick the ball, young Sifos. He's a good kick. All right, let's get into Sifos's starters. And Todd, you're not the only start for this week. We've got some actual NFL players as well. These are the players, of course, we are getting on field because they're going to go big this week. Let's start it off with you, Todd. Who who are you going to be starting? Look, I've got Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, and why not after what the 49ers did to the Chicago Bears? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Pittsburgh will decimate this Bears team and that I I was silly enough to play the that Chicago Bears defense in another league of mine, and I got a minus two points, I think it was. So I'm pretty upset at the Bears right <laughs> now. Um, so I think just going forward, you know, we want to play any offensive player, but Johnson and Harris have been pretty good in their – build up to this game but um you've also got someone else you're pretty for jasper yeah well I'll, I'll add on to i'll add on chase claypool here because we've seen what he can do against um some pretty terrible secondaries and i think the bears kind of constitute that uh, i think the Steelers will probably dominate possession and and um his ceiling is 21 points with just the one touchdown uh this season i think he can you know put up some really good numbers almost you know reach that 100 um receiving yard line so i think i think there's, there's a big breakout kind of a game here for Chase Claypool. He's going to be a, a red zone threat as he always is at 6'4". So I think he will have a really good game as well. Start all of the Steelers' uh, assets against the Bears, in my opinion, because we saw what the Niners did and Jimmy G isn't too flash. Yeah, exactly right. And your man too, uh, Mitchell, went absolutely crazy too. He's the first rookie with 100 rush yards, two straight games. And, um, <laughs> you know, if the Bears are letting him do that, then there's some issues there. And Harris is going to have an absolute field day. But... Um, on to, on to you, Ben. Who are you um, looking to start this week? Uh, so one of my starters is Michael Carter from the Jets, which is probably a bit of a surprise, but it's not so much because of how involved he's been in the rushing, but it's actually the passing game. So the last two weeks with, Matt, Mike, with Mike White coming in, um, he's just been just throwing the ball to Carter, um, which has just been unexpected. Yeah. So he had nine targets in that first game and eight receptions. 
uh, when White came in for Wilson. And then last week had 14 targets for nine receptions. So he's pretty just giving you an extra four points just by catching the ball and not getting any yardage. And then when you add on the receiving yards that he's picked up the last two weeks where he's, he's led the team in um, receiving yards, it's just it's kind of um, mind-blowing to see. So I want Mike White to stay in as the quarterback for the Jets because if he's going to keep finding Carter and Carter's going to go keep putting up points, and then when you add on he is a running back and he's going to be rushing the ball, he's going to put up massive scores with that type of production. And then my other is Cole Beasley, who will be playing the Jags this week. And we've seen the Bills, they've sort of shared the ball around a lot this year. All their receivers have sort of had two or three games where they've been super productive. And at the moment, it looks like uh, Josh Allen's saying it's Cole Beasley's turn to go off. So his two previous weeks, he's put up 18.3 and 16, with seven receptions and 10 receptions. And playing Jacksonville this week, I'm sure that the Bills are going to handle them pretty easily. And he's going to be able to put up plenty of points. Then they have the Jets the week after. So I think that you, if you do bring in Beasley, you're probably going to have two pretty productive weeks from him. And especially with a, sort of, a lot of top receivers being out this week with you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, all because of their buys. I think Beasley would be quite a nice player to sort of slip in there and could have you know, similar production to what we expect from those guys. Yeah, we do have a lot of good wide receivers on the bars. The teams are the Bucks, Seahawks, Lions, and the football team. Um, and they've all got, you know, wide receiver ones on their roster, apart from the Lions, obviously, um, who have TJ Hawkinson, and that's about it. But- do I get to jump in here and rain on Ben's parade? Oh, you disagreeing here. This week and he has a rib injury, so he might be the, oh, he he- might be the guy to avoid. I'm thinking Emmanuel Sanders, who that needs to bounce back from his worst performance of the season. He's put up some great numbers um, over the last couple of weeks before that real that massive, massive stinker. So I think the man to go with is Emmanuel Sanders if he's on your waiver wire ahead of Beasley, who we're, not, we're going to get a bit more of a clear indication if he's going to play you know, before game time. But yeah, rib injury and didn't practice on Wednesday. So it's a wait and see on Cole Beasley. Yeah, well, Emmanuel Sanders was the guy I was going to be bringing on if Calvin Ridley uh, didn't play and I and I got to it there in time. So it wouldn't have changed my score too much because you're right, he did have his worst performance of the season. He looked absolutely terrible out there, just getting blanketed. Um, but I think Cole Beasley is a good option here because like Ben said, they're going in two or three week spurts right now. And, and maybe that is a plan by Josh Allen to get someone involved over a period of time and see if he can trust them. And I think he can trust Cole Beasley. He's, he's kind of turned into a pretty good slot receiver, but he's not just a slot receiver. He can, he can do a lot of things and um, he's a deep threat. And, and I think he can also uh, work really well in an offense that just has the ball most of the time because the Bills defense is so good. So I think Cole Beasley is, is definitely a punt right now. He, he's, worth, he's worth putting on your starters if, if you are missing a couple um, wide receivers on their bye. Um, but you know, Emmanuel Sanders is also up there, Todd. I think, I think both of them are pretty good options against Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think you're right. And we haven't, haven't touched on your starters yet, Jasper. So who, who are you running with? So I mentioned, mentioned him previously before, but um, your man, Mitchell you're a big 49ers man he's been on absolute terror over the last two weeks yeah he's, he's got put up 16 and 19 points elijah mitchell the running back for san francisco he's just getting a lot of opportunity right now and we know why it's because jimmy g can't throw the ball um and you know we've got a 
a rookie running back, obviously they're both rookies, but a rookie running back in Trey Sermon that right now Kyle Shanahan doesn't really trust with the ball. He's had a fumble before. He hasn't put up great yards post-contact. So I think Elijah Mitchell is just going to continue to get really good snaps. He's going to get heaps of carries. Um, he's going to get a bit of work out of the backfield and reception-wise. But um, the, the one thing is that he is questionable with a rib injury right now and he hasn't practiced yet. He's shown that he is quite... Uh, injury prone as are the entire uh, running back corpse for San Francisco. But if he is right to play, I think he's an absolute start. Even if he is coming up against Arizona, I think he's just shown that he can put up yards against any defense right now. Uh, and Trey Sermon is also a watch here because if Elijah Mitchell is out, he will get the brunt of uh, most of the snaps. Um, so expect to see that. And I think, I think both of the um, 49ers running backs are plays dependent on if Elijah Mitchell plays or not. The other guy for me is Devontae Parker. He's been on a lot of waiver wires. He's only in only being started in about 20% of leagues. And he's only um, being rostered in about 40% of leagues. But we saw he dominated the targets last week and, and he's going to continue to do so without Will Fuller, who's currently on the IR. Jalen Waddle's the other option. But other than that, I think, you know, Tua has a lot of trust in Devontae Parker. He's coming up against Houston this week. And I think, I think he's going to have a really nice game again. 11 targets last week. Expect something similar as well. If he gets double-figure targets, he's going to put up eight-plus points and hopefully he finds himself in the end zone for the first time this season. So uh, Devontae Parker is going to be starting for me this week as um, well. Ben. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Devontae Parker. I think it was last year he was like, pretty productive as well. Um, and we are seeing that Tua is you know, throwing the ball a lot more um, than sort of the... Uh, earlier this season. Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata. Players that should be sitting on our benches this week because they're not going off. We've never been wrong about this before. Uh, Todd, you've got a you've got a Patriot, which um, I'm sure Ben's not too happy about. Nelson Aguilar is the man I'm benching this week, Jasper. Um, he's been pretty good in recent weeks. He's um, He's been targeted a fair bit by Mac Jones. So 11 targets over the past two weeks. Um, caught a... Trick pass TD against um, the Jets in their really strong win. And then last week, uh, 60 yards, three of six targets against the Chargers, who are a very good team. But we're coming up against Carolina, who I think are a really good defense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not confident in the, his ability to produce it week after week. And I'm not confident in Mac Jones, to be honest. I think while while he has shown a lot of promise, it's he's not someone who's going to be a deep ball threat for mine. Um and that's going to hurt Aguilar's scoring capability going forward. But against a good defense like Carolina, I'll be I'll be erring on the side of caution and benching Aguilar this weekend. Yeah, what do you think, Ben? Because obviously you watch the Patriots pretty heavily, and Damian Harris has been absolutely unreal so far. But is anyone else really a start on that Patriots offense? Well, I think that's a bit of the problem with the Patriots is just no one's really jumped out besides Damian Harris as even sort of being worth a start. Like maybe it's sort of Hunter Henry had those few good weeks in there, but he sort of dropped off again. It's kind of hard each week to sort of predict who's going to go and get the targets and who's going to be receiving the ball. So I think, Todd, you're probably right here with Aguilar. He sort of, I, th I think it's just kind of hard to sort of pick who's going to be the, the main guy getting the ball at the moment. So I think Damon Harris, as we've said in previous weeks, is probably the only guy who's worth starting from the Patriots. Actually, I'll tell you who is a start. Nick Folk has been the best kicker in the competition so far. So he is definitely a start. Ben, who else? Um, who are you going to be benching this week? Uh, so my first is Cortland Sutton. So with Jerry Judy returning last week, we saw Sutton's production go down a bit. Um, he only had four targets. 
And I think that Judy's just going to get more involved in the offense as the weeks go on, which sort of means Sutton's going to be going down. Um, and I think there's just a few unknowns as well about the wide receivers uh, at the Broncos and sort of who's going to be involved the most in the offense. And so Sutton does have that boom or bust potential where we have seen some weeks he's put up massive scores and then the next week he's barely got the ball at all. So I think it's worth sort of staying clear from him until we sort of see how the Broncos offense does work with him and Judy together. And then my other one is pretty much just the Philly running backs in general. Um, last week, what we saw from them was sort of a bit out of character from what we've seen for the sort of early sort of first seven games of the year. So we saw, you know, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell and Jordan Howard, who all had a dozen carries and all put up you know, pretty decent scores with Howard and Scott both rushing for two touchdowns. But Philly only passed the ball 14 times, which has sort of been out of character um, from what they've sort of done the previous weeks. And sort of, I'm unsure who is the running back one on that team, uh, like who's going to be, you know, getting most of the work. And if they are sharing the work, that can be kind of dangerous as well because we did see that Scott and Howard's scores were sort of those two touchdowns they scored really helped their score out. And also Jalen Hurts has been leading the team in rushing attempts and yards pretty much every game. So I'm not really sure who the reliable option is. And so I think it's best just to stay clear of all three of them at the moment until we get a bit more clarity around sort of who's going to be the one getting most of the work. These are some popular waiver wire pickups, these guys as well. So it's a, it's a bold call. There'll be a few starts of them this week. Um, you're, you're definitely suggesting not uh, to do so. We saw Miles Sanders go out, but before that, Kenneth Gainwell was eating into his touches quite a bit. And he was getting a lot of work out of the backfield in terms of receptions. I thought he was going to pick up a lot of that slack, but you're right. It has been a lot of a committee um, and against the Lions where they were just you know, running at will. Um, you can't read into that one too much. They won't put up the numbers like that again this season. So I do like the call. Um, it's a bold one because I, I was tempted by Byron Scott in my other league. But uh, if, if you say it's a no-go, I'm not going to be starting him. And it's a good call on Jalen Hurts too, isn't it? He He's arguably their, their RB1, so... If you yeah, yeah. if you're gonna go with a with a running back for um for Philly, it's gonna be Jalen Hurts, doesn't it? He's he's does he's not showing the ability to throw the ball right now, and he's probably the best when he's running it. So yeah, you almost have to put a line through almost every offensive player on Philly right now because they're in an absolute terrible position. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a rut, and uh, Jalen Hurts, I think he's putting up about 24 fantasy points per game. Uh, which is incredible, but uh, he doesn't look like a very good quarterback out there, regardless of this fantasy game. What are we looking forward to the most, boys? Now, we're going into week nine of the NFL season, and straight off the bat, I'm looking forward to the 5 a.m. red zone, where we're finally moving up a little bit. We started out at 3 a.m. to start the year. A few weeks ago, it went to 4 a.m. Now we're at 5 a.m. I'm going to be making all of these. Don't you worry about that. What are you looking forward to, Ben? Uh, So, obviously, McCaffrey coming back is going to be Great to see him back in my team and hopefully putting up big points again. Um, but also the two uh, quarterbacks last week in Mike White and Trevor Simeon, who we sort of saw had you know, really, really good games. I want to see if the two of them can sort of back it up and if that was yeah. sort of just, they were just sort of a one-trick pony or how they go again, especially with um, Mike White because his game was incredible. And there was a bit of discussion this week as well. It was like, is he going to, sort of be competing now with Zach Wilson for that starting role. 
So I think if he has another you know, really good game, um, those questions are going to be coming up again. And I think it will be interesting to see how it plays out with the Jets. And Toddy, you're looking forward to a, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, you're looking forward to his backup, Jordan Love. So, boys, just before I get on to Love, have you ever seen a player's stock plummet so high, so dramatically after his brilliant Halloween costume with um, John Wick and their photo <laughs> that shoot? Was, he, that was the that best was, one. <laughs> that was hilarious and brilliant. And then we find out he's doing alternative therapies to COVID, um, oh. inverted commas, homeopathic Oh, I've got a I've got oh. Aaron Rodgers jersey at home. I might have to burn it. Honestly, it's, <laughs> it's a disgrace. But um, Jordan Love looked so slick in the preseason. I don't know if you guys caught much of it, but he looked he didn't look out of step with their Packers offense at all. Um, I'm sure Matt Lafleur is going to have him just looking slick going into this week. I'm confident. Now, if you're running a deep league with um, a dual quarterback league like I am in my other one, he's worth a look off the waiver if someone doesn't already have him. Um, because Kansas City look absolutely abysmal on defense. So take a look at Jordan Love if you're really thin for um, quarterbacks in a dual quarterback league. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can put together because if Aaron Rodgers is gone next year, this is the this is the perfect opportunity to showcase what he's got. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be really interesting because I think Aaron Rodgers is gone basically next year and Devontae Adams may be gone with him. So Jordan Love, this is a bit of a trial run, a bit of a dress rehearsal. We're going to see what he's made of. I did say I'm looking forward to the 5 a.m. get up. That extra hour of sleep will mean everything to me on Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning, I should say. But also I'm looking forward to, at this 5 a.m. fixture, this Ohio battle between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Now, we haven't seen these two sides be very good at the same time in, you know, in the last century. But I think they're both pretty good teams. They're both playoff teams, in my opinion. And if they both rock up to play... Um, play like they have been uh, over the last few uh, weeks. We we know they've been a bit up and down with um, Baker's injury and then the Bengals getting blown out last week. But I think this this game could be the game of the week and, and they could put on a real show. I'm looking forward to watching these two Ohio teams go at it uh, when, when they're both good, which is pretty exciting right now. Yeah, definitely. Especially the AFC North this year. It's sort of looking like the most interesting division um sort of at the moment because you know all four teams are really you know playing good football but we have seen the you know the Steelers were inconsistent at the start of the year but they've sort of put it together the Browns you know they they did look pretty promising but they haven't been able to put it together the Bengals looked really good and then obviously last week they sort of went down to the Jets so I think that you know it's a, it's a really interesting division at the moment and especially for Cleveland if they lose to the Bengals that's uh, two division losses in a row and you know, it might mean that there's sort of uh, hopes of the playoffs are sort of out the window. Speaking yeah, of absolutely. Cleveland, what what is happening with Odell Beckham Jr.? Could he potentially be cut? He surely is. So I'm reading now that he's been basically excused from practice this week, and that he could potentially be told for the remainder of the season to not bother turning up to practice. I mean, it was a disaster with his father um, tweeting out videos of the fact that Baker couldn't find him, couldn't target him during yeah. the week. I think he's put out like a montage. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 oh, it's, there comes a time, I think, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. You know, well, we've, we've talked for a bit now, so we probably need to move on quickly, but there comes a time where Odell Beckham Jr. just has to take stock of his own career and say, maybe I was the problem. So there's an issue at, the issue at the Giants, and now there's an issue now with uh, the Browns. And, you know, if he, if he gets cut and then potentially signs somewhere else and it's a problem again, 
it's pretty obvious that he's the one that's the issue here. But what do you guys think? What do, what do you think? Well, first off, what do you think should happen for the remainder of the season? And then secondly, what what do you do with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr.? I, I think you have to persist with him. We know how talented he is. He hasn't shown it for the last few years. And he's coming off an ACL. Like this, this kind of stuff takes time. Um, having said that, he's, he's dropping some inexcusable stuff. And in, he's, not even, he's not looking at his old self at all. And, you know, the Browns picked him up with the hope that he would be the Giants guy in, in the start of his career. But he's obviously not that anymore. So if you need to cut your losses, you may as well do it now than later. Yeah, I don't think he really fits into Cleveland's current system. Um, and so I think that's sort of one of the big problems is that we've seen a team that like to run the ball a lot. And Baker just doesn't seem to want to give the ball to him either. And, you know, we know how important the quarterback and wide receiver you know, pairings are and that relationship. So I, I think for his sake, it's best to go get out of Cleveland just because obviously he doesn't want to be there. He sort of has this friction now with the franchise. And I think it's just better to at this stage to cut your losses. Well, we've gone through Odell. We've gone through a bunch of injuries and hopefully guys returning as well as our starts and sits for week nine of the NFL fantasy season. Todd, it was fantastic for you to join us. I'm looking forward to our future pods with you. We're going to absolutely smash this out of the park. Make sure to follow us at Drop Punches Pod on Twitter and the innersanctum.com.au is for all your fantasy football content this season. Looking forward to week nine. Looking forward to the 5am get-ups finally, guys, and we'll see you on the other side.